My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer is Nick Alexi. Hello, Nick. Good afternoon once again. How are you? <laughs> I feel, you know, there's something sort of echoey about this place, and it's making me feel very NPR, like very... Yeah, like uh, sophisticated. Yeah. Not, that we were, that, not that you were never before, but, you know... I was never before, <laughs> I have to say. No. There was, there's always been an intelligence around here. But, so, uh, somewhere. Yeah. We, we would find it. <laughs> there would be like, oh, there's your nugget of intelligence. And then it goes away. That's okay. Have, I, you, have you seen any good movies? Lately? I saw a bunch. I saw World War Z. Yeah. Loved it. Um, this is the end. Funny comedy. I saw The Purge. I haven't seen This is the End or The Purge. The Purge, the thriller, the contained thriller in the house. No. Oh, made a ton of money. What did it, uh, I, 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 it was a horror movie though, right? Yeah, it's a horror, well, a horror thriller, you know, set in the future where all crime is legal for 12 hours. Oh, that one. Yeah. I do want to see that one. It, I it, totally want to see that. That's a, a great it's premise. It's a great premise. Um, it, was a, it was a fun movie, predictable, kind of routine towards the end. Um, yeah, made for $3 million, made a boatload of money. Um, Great producer uh, has a deal with Universal, and those guys are killing it right now. I think they, they're the guys behind Sinister and Insidious and all those movies. Um, and yeah, this is the end. Was a funny comedy, really yeah. funny, kind of raunchy, maybe more of my demographic. Where you get all the guys actually playing themselves. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Um, and then uh, yeah, World War Z, fun action thriller, new spin on the zombie. Thing. You know the World War Z thing. Okay, so I, I'm pretty notorious for my huge fear of zombies. So I'm trying so hard to get over it. So I made myself watch the first uh, season of Walking Dead that, that started it in, in hopes of being ready for World War Z. And here's the thing about World War Z is I don't like the fast zombies. The mm. fast zombies are really scary, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they can eat your face and they're really fast right. about it. But I don't know. There was something, even though I was scared by them, I've, I really felt like it was going this incredibly predictable route until the third act. The third act kind of won it for me. Mm-hmm. And now I've heard that the third act was actually redone. Oh, absolutely. So maybe somebody else was like, okay, enough with the predictable nonsense. Let's mm. go in a different direction. Or So you didn't, you didn't, you just found the whole kind of story predictable. Every beat of it. Huh. Every beat of it. And uh, I, th- I, I don't I, know. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I, for me, it was, it was a fun spectacle. And there, the set pieces were entertaining. You know, some were kind of silly and ridiculous. But I thought it just moved quick. Um, it, it, you know, it knew just fun action scenes. And it, it, was, uh, it was fun. You know, it wasn't no, I think it is. I think you are there. It's a popcorn movie. Yeah, You're there exactly. to see a fun zombie movie, and they the way that they just launched in was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. That was great. Just after a while, I, I maybe it was also one of my favorite 
female characters on TV is the lead in the killing. And here she was playing the wife. Okay. And she is on the phone for the longest time. Sort of like, what is she doing in this movie? Well, she's on the phone. Right. She's, exactly. Hello? She yeah. was on the phone. She didn't but, have much to do. Yeah. Did you see uh, The Way, Way Back? I did not. It's, did it's not. way, way good. It's pretty, really? yeah. But, you know, I love movies like that. I love win-win, 50-50. I think things with double uh, words in the title, I just really dig. That would that make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, it's, it's like that, very coming of age. Fruitvale Station, did you see that? No, totally want to see that. Young director, 27-year-old guy, great, great movie. Great, uh, it's based on, a, you know, inspired by the, you know, shooting uh, up in Oakland. Uh, but uh, really powerful, powerful drama. I, I think that sort of that, that, that 24-hour kind of movie, like what was that day like uh-huh. leading to a big event? It's such an interesting way mm-hmm. to approach a, a, a topical or a true life event. Like what, what was every minute of that day like? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah, there's that. A bunch, there are a bunch of, uh, there's a Blue Jasmine I'm hearing a lot about. <sighs> well, we can move on. No, I, I guess no, I haven't. Just, just saw it. No, I just saw it. I, I have uh, a regular beef with Woody Allen movies that other people don't have. Huh. But, but he, here's the thing is, um, it, I'm sure other people have talked about it. I don't know if they have or haven't. But if you know Streetcar Named Desire, mm-hmm. um, the template for this movie is Streetcar Named Desire where you have um, a sister who is of a certain breeding and has delusions of the past who right. visits her, her lower class sister um, and ends up in sort of this co- daily conflict with, with a, a, a brutal guy, the Stanley Kowalski kind of guy. Mm. And this is, you watch this movie and it is almost beat for beat streetcar huh. on it externally. But when you're doing that, he, he has one fresh take with it which is the idea of a Bernie Madoff character mm-hmm. being the thing that sort of drove the rich woman there so okay that's that's contemporary but when he deals with the the blue collar people it's right it's like watching Streetcar Named Desire it's like it's like this like you know Stanley Kowalski uh, uh, guy in a wife beater you know mm. with greasy hair right. and I, I and it takes place in San Francisco <laughs> you know, the, the blue collar people in San Francisco are waiting tables and they, you know, they're, they're, they're not, you know, big bruisey dudes. Yeah, it's not Boston, right. And it's almost like he's writing for what he imagines people without money talk like. Right. You know, and so it's very literal in its, in its streetcar depiction, in my opinion. Huh. And it should have gone more contemporary. Interesting. Sorry, I've just been talking about this with... <laughs> Endless other people. <laughs> I've also been catching up on Breaking Bad. Uh, catching up. So you are you not on the season? I'm on. I'm on part one of season five. So from last year. Oh, is this hard for you? Where everybody's sitting talking about Everybody, it constantly? It's just like half of everyone on Facebook is kind of like not. Everyone's like, hey, don't spoil it either. So I'm not really running into people talking about it all the time. Um, but I'm trying to catch up as much as I. I didn't really begin Breaking Bad until a few months ago. So I've been, I've been, uh, binge, I've, I've just been episode after episode in my free time. That's, 
that must be a wonderful place to be because uh, when you're only relegated to Sunday nights, it's like, what am I going to do for the other yeah, exactly. six days of the week? Exactly. Oh, and it's, it's, a, it's a great show. It's really good. It's up there. It's, it is. It is. I think, again, I think I'm way too invested in it. But actually, the reason that I wanted to talk to you a little bit up front about what movies have you seen, what TV do you like, is because today we're going to talk about it. it you know, sometimes referred to this as common structures, but I'd rather refer to this as sort of common storytelling templates. Um, it, you, you know, I've always sort of hesitated to tell people what to put at certain pages when it comes to structure, because I don't want them to get into a formulaic place. But recently, a change that I've made in the way that I've taught is to have some kind of name for these four acts just to kind of keep people uh, organized and thinking about the kind of things that they're going to explore in each section of their movie. For just a, a review, most people who listen to this know that I look at, at act structure as act one, act 2A, act 2B, and act three. We've got, we've got, we're taking act two and dividing it into two parts. But that's all well and good to say like, and you should have four different things. But I kind of like stood back and said, well, what is it that, that everybody talks about and what, what, what do we tend to focus on in these, in these acts? And so it came out to four T's. Trauma, training, trials, and triumph. And I know this sounds really simple, but I like keeping it simple. And I yeah. love me some alliteration. So yeah. trauma, training, trials, and triumph. And, and the idea is that in act one of a feature, there is a trauma. It does not have to be a negative trauma in the way that we think of it. It is anything that rocks a character's world. So falling in love can be a trauma. <laughs> Uh, getting a new job can be a, a trauma, um, but it could also be in the, the traditional ways we think of a, a death in the family. So some kind of trauma that, that shakes the main character's world. In Act 2A, this training section is not necessarily that kind of wax on, wax off kind of training <laughs> that we think about, but, but yeah, there are certain movies that do that too. Um, instead, it's more of a sort of on-the-job kind of training. Mm -hmm. You're learning on the job. Your character, having been traumatized into the movie, now has to train himself or herself in this new world. Right. So they're sort of learning stuff on the job. New world or a new experience or a new person, they're training. So then we get to Act 2B, which is sort of the real meat of the movie. Um, and this is where we get a lot of pushback, right? The antagonist pushes back. Your flaw pushes back. And so... So that's why it's the trials section, because a main character has been training, but now all these tests are happening, mm -hmm. going through all these trials. Is this training going to be helpful? And then in Act 3, it's the triumph section, but which is not necessarily as positive as it sounds, because a triumph just means solving a problem. If somebody has to die to solve that problem it's still a triumph because the problem is solved. Hmm. The issue is taken care of. The case is closed. So when I say triumph, I don't mean it in sort of the traditional Hollywood terms. And even thinking about a, a TV series, if you looked at it as one big feature, think about Breaking Bad, right? Season one was the trauma mm -hmm. of suddenly being in this new world. 
right? He's, he's, his experience as being sick and then having to cook meth to support his family and learning how to be in that world. That, that was his, his trauma. His training was in an, the, next, the next two seasons of learning on the job to be as good as he could be at it and also learning to be as dangerous mm-hmm. as everybody else. Then one could argue that, the, are we on season six? The, the yeah, last, part two. Yeah. Okay. Six, so. so let's let's say that like the next two seasons, trials. Oh yeah, was there pushback? Huge. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking at this last season as the triumph section in terms of how will this problem be solved? We know it's probably going to have a dark ending. So you can look at a feature that way, or you could look at an entire series that way, and it will just kind of keep you on track. So whenever, now that I'm actually articulating this and saying this is kind of what happens, I was, I was waiting for the inevitable pushback of, oh, you just want all movies to be exactly the same. You Hollywood people, you, right. you teacher people. <laughs> so then I looked at, well, just because we ha- tend to explore these issues does not mean that we explore them all in the same way. It really depends on what kind of story you're telling. And so I started looking at some common storytelling templates that we have. And I started looking at this mainly for adaptation. And, uh, and then I started realizing, no, it's, it's, for, it's it just it's for every movie. So I wanted to quickly go over some of these storytelling templates. And then I will also give you a, a log line of one idea using all these different storytelling templates. OK. so. The first one is an origins story. And for origins stories, we're talking Batman Begins, Iron Man, X-Men First Class. The Godfather is an origins story, right? Sure, um, yeah. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Raging Bull. The Color Purple is an origins story. Born on the Fourth of July, My Left Foot, Boogie Nights. These are all stories of how somebody becomes who they are. Mm -hmm. So this trauma tends to be the main character's reality has changed. The training, he he learns to use the skills and powers. The trials, the main character's challenged and threatened by the past. And then a triumph, the main character resolves the past by using his new skill and power. So it's all about becoming who that person is. So you're still talking trauma, training, trials, and triumph, but in an origin story, it's not about a person who is already that way. It's how he becomes Mm -hmm. that way or she. Mm -hmm. Then there are quest stories. This isn't about how somebody becomes something. It's about what they want and how they get it. So quest stories are like Moonrise Kingdom, Winter's Bone, Shrek, The Little Mermaid, Forrest Gump, Field of Dreams, Mystic River, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Social Network, Aaron Brockovich, Silver Lining Playbook, Moneyball. This is all a character who's inspired to achieve a goal and by the triumph section actually achieves a bigger goal than originally intended. Now, another, uh, another storytelling template is an event template, okay, where it's not somebody wants to do something, it's something is happening and we're dealing with it. 
So that those movies are Lincoln, The Dark Knight Rises, Munich, Argo, Stand By Me, The Insider. These are all events. And in the trauma section, there's this immediate life-altering or threatening event. And by the triumph section, the main character is using skills and supporting characters to save the day in some way. Hmm. Then we've got world stories. Um, and this is, these tend to be more ensemble based because we're talking about the world and how it's changed and how people are dealing with it. So we've got The Walking Dead, 30 Days of Night. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is actually a world hmm. story because it all takes place in, in one unique world. Lord of the Flies, Schindler's List, again, sort of the world of that factory. Hmm. So in this case, we've got an ensemble's world completely changes. And in Act 2A, in the training section, that ensemble is pursuing a collective need. But in Act 2B, the personal needs of some tend to conflict with the collective needs. And that's where all that, those trials are taking place. Do I, do I work for myself or do I work for everybody? So that the triumph section is that usually somebody has to sacrifice personal benefit for the good of the collective. It's very Mr. Spock. It really, isn't he the dude that says like the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few? of the Probably. one. Probably. Every Star Trek... You know what? This sounds like nails on a chalkboard to, <laughs> to Star Trek people. They're yeah. like, no, you got it wrong. Wrong character, wrong movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, think, think about uh, collective versus the personal for world stories. Now, another structure, another storytelling template is a war template. Uh, think of the Avengers, Attack the Block, Cowboys and Aliens, Jurassic Park, The Lord of the Rings, even Margin Call. In this case, we've got, it's not that the world has changed. It's that we have a world threat. Something is going to rock an entire world. In Margin Call, it was a finance, the, the world of finance. Mm -hmm. So in the training, we have these personal battles because we have to sort of get through the personal in order to, in Act 2B, when the enemy attacks, actually get together and try and win this war. And Act 3 is all the collective cooperation. You can definitely see that in the Avengers. World threat, personal battles, enemy attacks, collective cooperation. But it's still trauma, training, trials, and triumph. Mm. So, uh, uh, is it okay to give you a couple more? Yeah. Yeah? Let's okay. all of them. All right. So, then the next storytelling template is a secret storytelling template. Um, these tend to be some of my favorite movies. Uh, Road to Perdition, A History of Violence, Psycho, A Beautiful Mind, To Kill a Mockingbird, The King's Speech, Black Swan, except for Black Swan, which I really, really hated. But anyway... <laughs> These, you know, secret movies are kind of cool. What happens is somebody's been keeping a secret, right? But then in the trauma section, there's an injustice that threatens that main character's normal world and threatens their secret. And then in Act 2A, in the training, there's a mission to right or wrong, even though it could expose that secret. In the trials section, the secret is exposed, and that creates more conflict. And in Act 3, in the triumph section, that knowledge from the secret combines with the normal world skills to save the day. So who that person is in the past combines with who they are now, and that actually hmm. helps solve the problem. What I noticed in doing this was, 
pretty much all act threes are about a balance, a balance of the past with the present or flaw with skill. It's always, it's never just sort of getting rid of something and replacing it with something else. Hmm. Two more storytelling templates. One is a puzzle storytelling template. Looper, source code, buried, the killing, the hangover, Groundhog Day. These are puzzle movies. In the, in the trauma section, there's an event that incites a main character to ask a large question. In the training section, that character enters a new world to find answers. And then in the trial section, those questions cr uh, create conflict that creates new questions. And in the triumph section, there's a new perspective on that traumatic event that answers the question. So you have to sort of go through all that stuff in order to answer that question. Mm -hmm. And it's usually what happened right in the beginning. You know, you kind of go back to, oh, there was the trigger in act one. I just missed it. I had to go all through the movie to find that out. Which also makes the audience feel like, oh yeah, I was there for that. Exactly. Yeah. And then finally, um, there is uh, the plan. And this is uh, the last storytelling template I'm going to cover, but I'm sure others are going to come up. Um, this is for movies like Old School and Wedding Crashers and Bridesmaids. I used to call this the four guys want to get laid so they movie, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So in the plan, you usually have some kind of selfish need that incites a big idea. That's the trauma. And then for the training, that character experiments with a big idea, like let's pick up women at, a, at weddings or um, let's start our own fraternity. Mm -hmm. And then in the trial section, that big idea usually doesn't go well. It creates a new conflict. And the triumph is the big idea combined with new skills that they've learned by making these mistakes make the character a better person. The end Love Pilar. There you go. That's great. That's fun, huh? That's wonderful. Ah. So the thing is, again, there's still people out there going, formula, formula, formula. I not, my movies fall into none of these things. I bet they kind of do. And it doesn't mean that you have to put everything at the same place in your movie. You can surprise along the way, and you should. The way you execute should be imaginative and interesting. Um, but it helps sometimes to have these kind of stories in your head. So you go, oh, yeah, I think it's this kind of movie. It's uh, an origins movie. It's not a quest movie. It's an event movie. It's not a war movie. And I'm going to give you some last, some examples using one movie loglined all these different ways. And sometimes on these podcasts, it's, this is what always comes up for me. I always talk about like a guy who can fly. And I don't know why that, that particular uh, example always comes to mind, but I think it's because sometimes I'll be in class and I'll say, hey, what's your movie about? And somebody will go, it's about a guy who can fly. And I think, okay, but what kind of movie about a guy who can fly? So these are some log lines using all of these structures um, about a guy who can fly. So the origin structure for the flying guy. A mile, oh, and before we start, um, I'm gonna give this guy a flaw. He's afraid of heights, okay? All right, origin. 
A mild-mannered office worker with a fear of heights becomes a citywide hero when he's given the gift of flight. That's the origins story for a flying guy. Now, we could look at this maybe as an event movie instead. When terrorists threaten a downtown metropolis, an office worker with the gift of flight is the only one who can stop them. So that is uh, whether, you know, if he's not learning how to be the flying guy, he already is the flying Mm -hmm. guy. A quest. After waking up with the gift of flight, a mild-mannered office worker goes on a flying rampage to expose citywide corruption. World story. After a nuclear war ravages their city, a group of flying mutant office workers is responsible for leading the new society out of darkness. War story. The city's flying superhero and his team of super sidekicks faces the ultimate challenge when an alien race threatens the world. Secret story. A flying superhero's old fear of heights comes back to haunt him. Puzzle. A flying hero must figure out just who it is who is turning superpowers to fears. And then finally, the plan. Hoping to get a social life, a group of superheroes trade in their superpowers for normal guy fears and flaws. So it's the same idea, flying guy, just with there's so many different stories you could tell. So this is an example of what you could do. Which which movie here would you be most likely to to see? Probably the event. The event movie when terrorists threaten a downtown metropolis. An office worker with a gift of flight is the only one who can stop well, them. Just because it sounds like Die Hard. Ah, Die Hard with a, with a flying, with a flying dude, guy. Flying yeah, guy. I love Die Hard. So <laughs> gotta go with event. I think I would go for. It's funny. I again, I would go for the secret. A flying superhero's old fear of heights comes back to haunt him. Because mm. I would want to see a flying superhero try and, and not be found out with a very human flaw. Okay. That would be okay, fun. Okay, yeah. But again, it's sort of like whatever, what, what genres turn you on. For right. me, like the, most, the least interesting, because that doesn't mean that if I read them, I'm not interested in the particular script, but... I would be least likely to go out and see the uh, world or the war stories. After a nuclear war ravages their city, a group of flying mutant office workers is responsible for leading the new society out of darkness, or the city's flying superhero and his team of super sidekicks faces the ultimate challenge when an alien race threatens the world. The only reason I wouldn't rush out to see it is because I think personally I'm more interested in sort of, you know, what's going on with the character Mm -hmm. than with sort of the the big how do they save the world kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, but it really depends on what you guys want to write. Story, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I want to tell everybody that, and this time I promise, I promise, 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 I will immediately send this back to you. <laughs> Email me at inquire at onthepage.tv, I N Q U I R E at onthepage.tv, and I will send you the log line examples for the flying guy. Um, and uh, do expect to be put on the mailing list. Um, so I send you something, you, you give me a little something. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but also, if I do owe you anything, if you have emailed me in the past and been like, you never said that to me, it's okay. Email me again, and I'll send you whatever it was that I promised. Um, I'm making a new resolution now that I'm in a new space to like immediately email people back instead of being like waiting and then forgetting. Exactly. 
Um, I think I've made this resolution every single year, but this year, I mean it, damn it. Well, also, uh, I think you, you're you're half Jewish, right? Yeah. And the, 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 I think there was a, a new year, a new year for oh, a couple of days now. Right. So we are in a new resolution. This is the Rosh Hashanah yeah, that's right. resolution. Okay, yeah. thank you. A couple you. people talked about it, so I just brought it up. <laughs> I know you've mentioned that before. I hadn't thought my mother would be so happy. Politically correct here. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I try to be politically correct, it fails miserably. Uh, yeah, don't worry. Don't blame Pilar. Blame me, guys. <laughs> what kind of what kind of uh, movies do you think that you tend to to gravitate toward as as an audience person the most? Um, again, I think I'm. Uh, I grew up. I grew up in the 90s with all these fun uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, movies where a guy has to stop, you know, kind of like Con Air or uh, The Rock. So uh, that's kind of that's kind of event. Those are all event movies, right? aren't they? It's well, so is funny. Face Off, is that? I'm trying to think. Face Off, Face Off, Face Off. Um, I wonder if that's more of a quest because doesn't he like change his face in order to do something uh-huh. right so he has a quest he has a mission it's not about like one thing that happens and how it's dealt with eventually it gets to one thing that happens yeah, okay. and everybody should know that a quest movie none of these things are just one thing eventually there could be a plan within a movie or a secret that comes out or a, a quest that occurs what i'm asking you to do is sort of look big picture right you know what is the dominant thing within the story yeah event and quest okay cool yeah yeah it's this you know analyzing is a lot of fun yeah it's cool how you broke it that's really informative and very i'm gonna have to steal these one one of these (laughs) they're they're all yours i just wanted people you know over the years i've sort of been trickling out what I do and how I approach it. And I thought, well, this is, this is new for the on-the-page classes, and so I want the listeners to, to know this stuff, too, to see if it helps them out. And if it doesn't help you out, oh, I'm sorry, maybe some, something else will. We'll, we'll find out. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to remind everybody to go to onthepage.tv, see what's happening at the studio. Um, there, I have posted, no, I don't know how to explain it. I, I streamed my summer classes. And so there are cool. five classes that were live streamed for better or for worse um, that you can actually sign up for. You just pay online through the website. Once you do, I will send you the information for how to view them and I will send you all of the handouts. And the first class is Breaking Story, which deals with all of the structures that we just talked about. So um, for people who are not here, do go to onthepage.tv and look for the five-week online class sign up for it and i will send you all that material five hours of me going blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) no this is great this is really cool are you going to come back and produce again soon i absolutely will excellent email me and i'll be here in a jiffy and i'm hoping at that time uh you will be landed somewhere yeah yeah a new development job somewhere so you can tell us more stories absolutely got to move on um it's it's been fun with apa but don't want to be an agent, so I've got to, I've got to look out for me, right? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for you. We'll see what, what you, lands. Thank you. Okay, everybody out there, get to work. Thank you for listening, and have a good writing week.